Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of a few books, including Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, The Pops Devotion Series, and A Dozen Disappointing Disciples. If you want more information about my books or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. Let's get on with the talk. So I decided like late last year, I was like, I need to be a better person and uh, I want to improve myself by learning another language. I'm going to learn Spanish. There are a lot of Spanish speech speakers in my family. I was like, I've got to learn Spanish. How am I going to do it? Of course, Duolingo. Thank you very much. So I got my Duolingo app and I started learning Spanish. I learned how to say hello, good day, good night. How are you? You're welcome. How do I get a ticket to Madrid? Where's my suitcase? The woman eats apples. And then I was like, that's, I'm pretty much done now. That's all my conversations sorted. That's what I talk to everyone about all my time. That woman is eating an apple. And I was like, see, and that's it. But I, uh, I just kept going and I, I was having a good time, feeling like a good person, learning all the stuff. And then it started, I started doing it later and later in the day. And then I get these notifications, Tom, you're going to lose your 60-day streak. Get back to Duolingo. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And then I go back and I start feeling stressed and guilty. And then I get it done. And I'm like, yes, I'm a good person. And then the next day comes. It's like, Tom, you're going to lose your streak. Get back here. I'm like, okay, sorry, Duolingo. I'm back here. I'm like, and then I miss a day. It's like, Tom, we froze your streak. But you're going to lose it if you don't get back here. I'm like, okay, I'll go back. I'll do it. And then I just started feeling more and more anxious about Duolingo and Duolingo would be sending me notifications every day and my streak got bigger and so I had more to lose. And then finally last Monday, no this Monday, this Monday at about almost midnight, Duolingo was like, Tom, you're going to lose your 112 day streak. I was like, you can be quiet. No more of you, Duolingo. And so I turned off the notifications and now Duolingo yells into the void of my phone and I hear nothing and I can say nothing. Duolingo has no hold on me anymore. Now, I tell you this because I feel like this cycle of, you know, doing, being like, I want to be a better person than choosing something we're going to do and trying it and doing it well for a bit and feeling good about ourselves, then doing badly and then feeling bad about ourselves and then trying to get back on the horse and doing well again and then doing badly and then feeling guilty and feeling like we're letting everyone down and then just feeling the weight of us not being good enough people just goes on and on and on and we're trying to be better people but we just can't do it. We try harder and we just don't get there. And I think there needs to be a better way to become a better person. And the good news is, there is. There is a better way. It's not by putting in more work. It's not by deciding you're going to... Oh, here comes the water. (laughs) Thanks. 
I'll put it next to this other bottle I'm not using. <laughs> oh no, in the team room before, Anna was, uh, Anna, sorry. Yeah, Cassie. I'm just mixing up all my people who run Soul Survivor in the past. Cassie was sitting there and she was like, Tom, can I get you anything? Can I? And I was like, um, and she's like, can I get your water? And then I pulled my water out of the bag like I was a hero. I'm like, no, oh, I got some water. And then she brought me water anyway. Because <laughs> I want to be a better person, but I just don't get there. <laughs> now, where was I? <clears throat> There's got to be a better way. And uh, <laughs> what is this night? So, <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah. You gotta get down on Friday. All right. So, and so the promise that we have in Scripture there is that we can become better people, but it's not through our hard work. It's not through trying to obey God's laws and working at it and then not completing it, then feeling bad. It's not by ignoring it and doing whatever you want, like I'm now doing with my Duolingo. It's, it's, there's, more, there's something else there that's not about our effort or our lack of effort. It's something else completely. And it is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit, there's a promise to us in the Bible just there that we read that if we have God's Spirit in us, which means if we have put our trust in Jesus, then God's Spirit lives in us, then God's Spirit will be at work in us, growing fruit within us. That's the promise. And it means that whether you like it or not, if you love and follow Jesus, you are going to become a better person. You are. It's done. It's sorted. So that's the end of the talk. We're done. We can go now. No, here's the thing about fruit, though. The way you grow fruit is, is not by you trying to be, like, you know, trying to work hard at, you know, growing fruit and thinking about it more and beating yourself up when fruit doesn't grow. No, fruit is an organic process that happens. And, this is, and the, the Holy Spirit is growing within us, making us better people to be more like Jesus, and it's an organic process that is happening. We look at that list of traits that we see there in uh, Galatians, and it says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is a description of Jesus' character. And what the Holy Spirit does in us is he is making us more like Jesus every single day. Bit by bit, little by little, we become like Jesus. And so there are four things, and uh, hopefully we'll get through them quickly because tonight has been a night. There are four things that I think we need to know about this fruit. It, the, one is that the fruit is singular. Two is that the fruit uh, takes time. Three is that the fruit is inevitable. And four is that the fruit uh, grows in better condition, grows better in better conditions. So the four, first is that the fruit is singular. Have you sometimes, you know, been to Sunday school and they've taught about the fruits of the Spirit? I have done that when I was a kid. We went to Sunday school, they taught me about the fruits of the Spirit. And so then we got like, a, we had these colouring in things and each week we'd do a different fruit of the Spirit. There'd be a watermelon, we'd colour in the watermelon. There'd be a banana, we'd colour in the banana. And there'd be like an apple and we'd colour in the apple. And the banana would be like, you know forbearance and, and the watermelon would be love and the 
I don't know, the, the orange would be self-control. Now, probably the lemon would be self-control because who likes self-control, really? And, uh, and you colour it in, you're like, oh, yeah. And, and the, the idea is that, you know, there's all these different fruits of the Spirit, like there are different gifts of the Spirit. But the gifts of the Spirit, as we heard today, or I assume we heard today because my toddler wouldn't let me stay in here. I was out there blowing bubbles because that's the gift I've got, the gift of blowing bubbles. Uh, but the gifts of the Spirit are given to us uh, different gifts for different people, so that all together as God's people, we are a blessing to each other and a blessing to God's church. But different people have different gifts, but that's not how the fruit works. You don't have someone with the fruit of uh, love and someone with the fruit of kindness and someone with the fruit of uh, self-control. And there might be someone with the, who says, like, I've got the fruit of joy, and they're just a happy person, but they don't have the fruit of self-control. So they're like, I'm happy, and I do what I want, and I just smash things, and we have a good time. That's not how it works. There is one fruit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's one fruit that grows in you. Because you don't go around and find like a, a, a fruit tree and go, what kind of fruit am I going to get off the tree? Oh, there's a watermelon, and there's a, there's a peach, and there's a, and there's a banana, and there's a lemon. Leave that one there. Like... Yeah, that's not how fruit trees work, I think. I don't know. I'm not much of a farmer. Um, I went to Bible college, not fruit school. Um, but uh, but that's, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You get one fruit. And there are different parts to that fruit, but that one fruit grows in each of us. And you might be thinking, hold on a tick. I know some people who are very, very patient, but they're, you know, they're not very kind. And so what's going on there? And if I was to think about myself, I am someone who is very, very patient. And so as God, you know, you know, got this weird fruit that's got this patience growth coming off it, but the rest of it's shriveled up, well, maybe. But I think actually there are some things that we are naturally, you know, have a predisposition towards and some things that we have and they cover over character flaws. So my patience is usually, you know, sometimes because I'm just a patient person, sometimes because I'm a coward, for instance, I was at the movies the other day and there was some young men who were the worst at the movies. I'm looking at you, young men, going to the movies with you. I mean, it's great here, but, you know, you're probably the ones who sit in the wrong seats, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. And you're probably the ones who talk during the ads. Oh, oh you don't. You can sit next to me. Anyway, there were some young men and they were talking during the ads. I was like, they better not be talking during the film. I'm going to be very upset. And then during the film, they were like, and I was like, I should tell them to be quiet, but I'm scared of them. (laughs) So I'll be patient. (laughs) That wasn't patience. That was fear. Or I got served at a cafe recently. I got served a Coke that was out of date. I tasted it and went, And I should have gone back and said, excuse me, my Coke is out of date. I could have done it very kindly, but I was so patient, I said nothing. But I didn't want to be judged by the cafe owner. I was like, oh, you think you're so good wanting Coke that's in date? I was afraid of my reputation. So my patience wasn't really patience. It was just protecting myself. But if I, if I truly have patience, God's patience in me, then I'm going to be patient because I love God. 
And patience because I love other people. Patience because I understand that God is at work in all of us and God is you know, calling all of us and God, some, and some people are doing, going through things that I'm not going through and, and sometimes people don't need me to have a go at them but sometimes people do need me to say something because that would be helpful. Like if I said something at that cafe, I might have saved hundreds of people from off coke and then I would be a hero. Or maybe if I said something... In, play, in times when actually it might be more useful to say something, I would help people escape their sin quicker. But I don't because I'm a coward. But God is working in me to grow the fruit of the Spirit. And love is in there and joy is in there and peace is in there and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. They're all growing. The fruit is singular. And God is growing the fruit in you too, if you love and follow Jesus. The second thing that we see is that the fruit takes time. Growing fruit doesn't happen overnight. When I was a young kid, like about seven years old, I decided I wanted to grow some fruit in our backyard. And so I said to my parents, can we grow some fruit, please? They're all right. And they dug up a piece of the yard, like they ripped up the grass and then they you know, dug a little patch and said, we can plant some seeds there. Went to the shops, we bought some water, watermelon, no, strawberry seeds, put some strawberry seeds in the ground. I was like, this is so exciting. I'm going to have strawberries. And we watered it. And then I, I, I went to bed and I got up the next morning. I had a look. No strawberries, funnily enough. And I got there the next day, had a look, no strawberries. A week later, still no strawberries. And then I forgot about it. And then a few months later, I look and there were strawberries. And then there were more strawberries. And you can go to my parents' house today and there's still strawberries. That's not true. <laughs> the strawberries never grew because I was seven years old and I didn't know how to grow plants. But if I knew it, if I was better at gardening, if I was a gardener like the Holy Spirit, strawberries would have grown. I promise you they would have because I would have known what I was doing. I was at my parents' house. Actually, this, this is a true story. Not, I mean, the strawberries, I did actually plant the strawberries. They just didn't grow. I just want to be clear about what parts I'm lying about as a preacher. <laughs> I went to my parents' house just before we came up here, and in my parents' front yard, they have a uh, tomato plant that's growing. And uh, me and my daughter, we counted the tomatoes on there. There were 10 green tomatoes. I saw it on the first day, and we came back and looked the second day. They were still green. And then on the third day, they were still green. Stupid tomatoes! Why didn't they ripen? Because fruit takes time. It takes time. And the fruit of the Spirit takes time to grow in us. And we think we should be good now, perfect now, get it all right now. But God is working slowly in us to make us more like Jesus. He works on His time frame, not ours. And so He's working in you, but He's working slowly. But he's also working inevitably. The fruit is growing. It is growing in you. If you know, love and follow Jesus, those people who became a Christian tonight, the fruit has started growing in you right now. You, it's very, very small, but it's happening. It's inevitable. Now, sometimes we compare ourselves to other Christians and we look at them and we say, oh, I'm not a good Christian. I'm not good like them. I'm not kind like them. I'm not joyful like they are. I'm not faithful like they are. But we're comparing ourselves to the wrong people. There's no such thing as a good Christian and a bad Christian. 
Christian is binary. You either, you either are Christian or you aren't Christian. You either are saved by Jesus or you're not. You either have put your trust in Jesus or you haven't. Because it's not, it's not you that makes you a Christian. God saves you. God brings you into his family. You are or you aren't. So you're not a good Christian or a bad Christian. You are a Christian. It's like being alive. You're either dead or you're alive. You're either, or, it's, or like being a human. You're either a human or you're not. There are a lot of these things in this room are not humans. And we don't have a go at them for not being humans. And then the ones who are humans, we don't have a go at humans who are humans for not being enough of a human. We're like, no, you're just a human. You're not a good human or a bad human, you're just a human. But then we don't go, well, then we, humans grow, don't we? I assume we do. I have, and you all have. You're born at some stage and you grow up, but you don't ever go up to a three-year-old and be like, you are terrible at doing taxes. <laughs> Pick up your game, kid. And, and you teenagers, I hope you're not comparing yourself to you know, people who are in their 50s and be like, man, I'm really late to get into the property market. <laughs> I mean, you are late. You should have started before you were born, but that's a whole other thing. You don't compare, you, you, I mean, you might compare yourself to people who are older than you and have different skills, but you shouldn't because your job right now is to be a teenager now. And who do you compare yourself to in your growth? You compare yourself to yourself. You're like, I've really grown this year. I'm much bigger than I was last year and I'm going to be taller next year. And, and the person you should compare yourself to is yourself. And the, the way you see the spirit working in you is when you look back on yourself one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, and say, wow, look at the work that Jesus has done in me. I'm so much more loving now than I was. I really understand joy more now than I did. Look at how I've grown in self-control now. And if you want to know where you're going, you don't look at other Christians. I mean, you can, but there's one person to look at, and that's Jesus. That's where you're going. The guarantee is you're going to be like him. You are going to grow and be transformed by the Holy Spirit. So by the time Jesus returns, you'll be transformed. So you'll be as loving and kind and patient and joyful and self-controlled as he is. That's something to look forward to. And it's inevitable. It's coming. So you can... You don't have to look at yourself and beat yourself up that you're not where you want to be. You can look at yourself and look where you were and say, praise God for where I'm going. And then the last thing about the fruit is that fruit grows better in the right conditions. Because I, as I said, I don't know much about growing fruit, but I do know that you can do good things to help your fruit grow and you can do bad things to help your fruit grow. Like, if you're a seven-year-old trying to grow strawberries, you shouldn't plant them and then put water on them once and then ignore them and then expect them to grow. It's not going to work for you. If you have a fruit tree, it wouldn't be that useful if you have some, you know, have your, where your fruit is and then you just leave it and let it see what happens. Like sometimes things will happen. Like I lived in a place where we had a compost heap and we just threw things on there. And then like one day I looked and I was like, oh my goodness, there's a tomato there. I was like, who threw a tomato in the compost? And they're like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't do it. And we looked at it and was like, oh, it's growing out of the compost. It just grew. It was in, I thought it was bad conditions, but it turns out compost is a very good place to grow fruit. That's why we do compost. But, uh, you know, it just happened. We, didn't, we went there making it happen. It happened. 
But you can spend time, you know, putting the right soil and put manure on it and water it, and you can put those things over fruit trees so the, the um, fr- fruit bats and the, um, the birds. And what are the ones that climb on why, possums? <laughs> the word in my head was muffins. I'm like, okay, stop the muffins from eating your fruit. That's how they make blueberry muffins. They get the muffin to eat the blueberries and then it... Tonight is Friday. And uh, the point is, for, our, for the fruit of the Spirit to grow in us, we can give it bad conditions. We can do our very best to, to make sure the fruit doesn't grow, but it will grow. Or we can do what we can to help it to grow. And that's why we encourage you to spend time reading God's Word. Because that's where God speaks to you and gives the Holy Spirit space to speak and remind you of things and help you to put into practice the, the, the practices of following Jesus, the ways of love, and that's how we grow. That's why we spend time with other Christians, because they encourage us in our growth. That's why we spend time in worship, because it encourages us to love and follow Jesus better. The, the more that we spend time making the conditions right, the more that we learn to love Jesus. And as we love Jesus, then we will love those other things which are the opposite of the fruit, less. There's a, before the bit that we just read, there's a whole list that Paul writes of all the things of the world that, that we used to love. And as we do the things of Jesus, we follow Jesus, as we do the, the practices of prayer and Bible reading and being with God's people, we learn to love Jesus more so we love the other things less. I was a single man for a lot of my life. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, and I, like, literally, I was single till I was 30, except for, like, this kind of three-week week kind of blip, which uh, we won't talk about. But, um, but it meant that I, I would, you know, go through my life looking for other single women who might want to marry me. I would turn up to Christian events like this, and you'd be like, hello. You're a young woman about my age. Let me look to see if you have a ring. Oh, oh, you have a ring. Okay. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Oh, you don't. Oh, hey, you don't have a ring. Let's chat some more. Let's get to know each other. And I, I spent my time scoping out possible wives for me. It was very exciting. And then in uh, in in 2000 and early 2013, I was single, been single for a very long time, but I had. I had like three women who I thought were potential wives for me. And so I had three opportunities to hang out with them. As so I was like, I'm going to assess them for their wifeliness. And I hung out with one. And I was like, well, you know, nice person. Probably, probably not going to work between us. I hung out with another one. I was like, oh, yeah, nah, probably not. Hung out with a third one. I'm like, she's pretty good. Let's hang out some more. And then we hung out some more, and then we hung out some more, and then, and then at Soul Survivor, in April 20th, 2013, we started dating. Yeah. And my ex-girlfriend is here tonight. No, that's not true. And then we got married, and uh, there she is over there. Hello, Emily. Thanks for dating me. But as I fell in love with her and as I spent time with her, I stopped looking for other women. And I, it was... 
why is that funny? It should be like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give me the, give me this, you know. Yeah, I have. I'm a hero. The point is, right? Like I didn't turn up to events like this and be like, oh, you know, who's the potential wives? No, and I got my wife. She's here. I just looked around. Where's my wife? There she is. Great. This is excellent. I love having her here. Fantastic. It made, it made coming to Soul Survivor much less complex. And I don't know why. <laughs> the point is, the more I fell in love with her, the less I looked elsewhere. In fact, I stopped straight away. But uh, <laughs> as we fall in love with Jesus, <laughs> I love Friday. <laughs> As we fall in love with Jesus, as we do the things of following Jesus, we will fall more in love with Him and everything else will become less lovely to us. And it will be the right conditions for the fruit to grow because we love Jesus more than anything else. And so we love the things of Jesus more. We love to be like Jesus because we love Him. We love to love. We love to have joy. We love to have peace. We love to have kindness. We love to have forbearance. We love to have gentleness. We love to have self-control. I think I've left out goodness. But we love it because we love Jesus. And so those things we do that sometimes seem like chores are actually the good work of, of making the right conditions, the best conditions for the fruit to grow. The fruit is going to grow one way or another, but we can help it along help, and, and do in partnership with the Spirit, join with Him in helping His fruit to grow in us by making the conditions right. So we fall in love with Jesus more. And you might say to yourself, all right, but okay, Tom, this is all good, but how do we know this is going to happen? How can I be sure this is going to happen? Because sometimes it doesn't feel like much is happening, and I'll tell you how we know. Because Jesus came, and he lived, and he died, and he rose again, and he did it so that you might be saved from death into new life. And he died for us so that we might be forgiven for our sins, but that's not the end, that's just the beginning. And so we might be forgiven for our sins, and then we might be transformed day by day to become like Him. There is a promise uh, in Philippians which says, He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Jesus died for you so that you might be changed. He is more invested in your growth than you are. He is more invested in you becoming like Him than you are. He gave his life so that you might be changed. How do we know it's going to happen? We know it because Jesus does not give up on us. He gave his life for us and he's coming back for us. We are going to be changed. So let us praise God that he is working in us to grow his fruit so that we might become like him. If you are not a Christian, then what this means for you is that you can keep working to become a better person, but you have no supernatural help to become better. It is all your effort and you will keep failing. Or you will succeed and you'll become proud of yourself and then you'll realize that you've just failed somewhere else. But you can put your trust in Jesus and the Holy Spirit can come to live in you. 
You'll find forgiveness for your sins and you'll find a Holy Spirit who is here to help you and transform you so that you might become the best person that you can be. One who is like Jesus Christ. That is a future that is worth grabbing hold of. Put your trust in Jesus. And if you are a Christian, then what this means for you is that you are on a journey of growth. God is at work in you. You are going to become like Jesus. It is inevitable. And so praise God that he is at work in you. And when you stuff up and when you get it wrong, don't say there is no fruit. You say, thank you, Jesus, that you forgive me and that you're going to keep working in me. Thank you, Jesus, that is evidence of your growth in me that I hate that sin enough to repent of it. Thank you that I am growing and that's where I'm going. If you are a Christian, then you're going to be like Jesus. It is inevitable. So thank God and look for the growth and praise Him for it as you see it in your life. Well, that was the talk. Thanks for listening. I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks, to watch my videos, order my books, or book me to speak, go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash twfrench or on Insta or YouTube at twfrench as well. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts so that other people might be able to discover it. Till next time, have a good one.